0: 43,000 artists, over 43,000 artists are making a living just from Spotify, just from streaming revenue. Now, that's a big deal. So of course, those 43,000 artists aren't really speaking out right now um, about it necessarily, but it's that's a really big deal. And the fact that there are more artists making a living, from recorded music these days than 20 years ago is a really big deal. And we are seeing this democratization it's of, of music. It's no longer the label saying what who is deemed uh, relevant or important enough or worthy to uh, have a music career. This episode is brought to you by Band Zugel. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Banzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world. I can tell you firsthand, Banzoogle is awesome. I've been using them for years. I've built many, many websites on Banzoogle. It's super simple. You don't need any coding knowledge, graphic design knowledge. I'm actually a really terrible graphic design artist I'd like to think I'm okay I'm decent I have Photoshop and you know I've designed my fair share of show posters over the years I should not have I'm not a good graphic design artist I know my strengths and weaknesses anyway Banzoogle you don't need any of that you can be a horrible graphic design artist like me you don't need any coding knowledge I know very 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 basic HTML that I learned about 15 years ago I can still design kick-ass websites on Banzoogle They also have a bunch of other cool features, like a way to create an EPK. You can host and create your custom domain name. There's tools to sell your music and merch. It's all commission-free. There's a mailing list. There's social media integrations. They have a crowdfunding feature, which is very new and very cool. They have a subscription service, kind of like Patreon. Also, all commission-free. If you want to try out Bandzoogle, you can go to bandzoogle.com, use the code ARI, that's just A-R-I, my name, ARI, for 15% off the first year of any subscription, but you get a 30-day free trial to just give it a go. Try it out. What's going on? Welcome to the New Music Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business. Today, I don't have a guest. Uh, I wanted to address the controversy surrounding Daniel Ek and Spotify, and I'm sure if you have not been living under a rock the last week, you've caught some wind of this. Uh, I'm going to read his full statement in a minute and dive into that completely. As always, though, please like and subscribe and follow this show, however you're listening to this. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. Those really help. And uh, if you're on YouTube, please comment. And uh, visit Ari'sTake.com to sign up for the email list. You'll get notified when we release new podcasts and share all the new information on the new music business. Follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Ari Hurstand, and you can follow all of us at Ari's Take on Instagram and Twitter as well. Let's dig in. So what did Daniel Lack, the CEO and founder, co-founder of Spotify, what did he say? All right. He said, quote, I'm going to read you this, this full quote, and then I'm going to go into the controversy around it and then what I think about this whole deal um, and what we can take away from it. All right. He said, quote, I don't think I've ever seen a single artist saying I'm happy with all the money I'm getting from streaming, stating that publicly in private, they have done that many times, but in public, they have no incentive to do it. But unequivocally from the data, there are more and more artists that are able to live off streaming income itself. There is a narrative fallacy here combined with the fact that obviously some artists that used to do well in the past may not do well in this future landscape where you can't record music once every three to four years and think that's going to be enough. The artists today that are making it realize that it's about creating a continuous engagement with their fans. It is about putting the work in, about the storytelling around the album, and about keeping a continuous dialogue with your fans. I really feel that the ones that aren't doing well in streaming are predominantly people who want to release music the way it used to be released, right? Okay, (laughs) that's his his full quote around that idea. Now, what all the blogs uh, latched onto and the headlines, which got the entire music industry in an uproar, was this line, you can't record music once every three to four years and think that's going to be enough. People lost their fucking minds. <laughs> uh, of, of course, the classic rockers lost their minds. Now, this is, uh, you know, you got to take what they say with a grain of salt. I, I've, I'm i sorry, but I have stopped listening to the classic rockers um, who don't believe in progress. Um, it's, uh, it, you know, these are the same people that when streaming first came out in 2013, 2014, um, they were saying, well, I still want to sell CDs. They're, I mean, these are the same people that when when iTunes came out, they're like, no, fuck downloads. I want CDs. They're the same people when CDs came out, they're like, no, I want to sell vinyl. It's like people are always halting progress. And if they've made money in a certain way, uh, they're going to want to keep making money that way. And anytime there's change presented to them, they fight change because it's scary and uncomfortable. And so I, I understand that. So like, you know, but because everybody knows their names, they always get the most amount of ink in these articles. So I'm going to highlight a couple, but then I'm going to talk about some of these artists who are younger, who are in today's era, and what they had to say as well. So, you know, David Crosby, Crosby, Steals and Nash, said, You're an obnoxious, greedy little shit, Daniel Eck. That's funny. Uh, yeah, okay. Another <laughs> them. Jack Garrett, a uh, younger artist, he said... You just cannot demand so much of artists and work them to exhaustion and then also tell them they aren't outputting enough music to suit your business model. I took all the time I needed to make my second album. I'll do it again and again if I need to. So many companies within the music industry farm the mental health of its artists and then get defensive when we try to repair ourselves or ask for appropriate pay. It's so broken. I'm not a social media influencer. The work I put in is the days I spend writing and recording, the weeks rehearsing and the months touring. That is literally my job, and I'm really good at it. Artists shouldn't have to be extroverts to be successful. Most of them aren't. Also, it's all well and good having continuous engagement with my fans, but that doesn't mean anything when it comes to streaming numbers. Me having X amount of followers doesn't translate to that many streams or views. This is basic. That was Jack Garrett. I'm gonna touch on some of his points in a minute. Uh, Nadine Shah tweeted, Millionaire Daniel Eck telling us how it is here. What are we to do? I'm tired of having to kiss the arse, arses, she's British, of these companies that exploit me and other music makers. We need the whole music community, including fans, to come together and demand change. Rock critic Stephen Haydn tweeted this is funny. He's not a musician, but he's a critic. He said, Leech complains that host body is not producing enough blood. <laughs> um. Metal guitarist, uh, indie artist, Ben Sizer, tweeted, I wonder if Daniel Ek realizes that bands like mine only release records every three to four years because we have to fit it around our day jobs. Jobs we need to pay the bills precisely because streaming services underpay artists. British alt-pop artist Shura, she said... He's not wrong that people will struggle if all they do is release a record every three years as I did. I didn't really release music between my first and second record and it was more difficult than if I'd kept releasing music. It wasn't impossible, but it's definitely a bigger mountain to climb. We do need to work more, but that's not going to be possible for a lot of people. The system that Daniel Ek is talking about can work, but it can only work for a small group of artists. So he's got a point it's just that point sucks. If you've been paying attention to anything I've been saying, if you've read my book, if you've literally read any uh, or listened to any um, expert in the music industry or in the music business, talk to any manager, literally any manager, artist manager. They're all saying the same things. You can't go silent for three to four years and neglect your fans and expect that when you come back, they're going to remember or care about you. I mean, we are in a fast food society right now. People's attention spans are tiny, this big. So like, yeah, he's not wrong. Uh, Now, the thing is, is like people are revolting against this billionaire. I mean, he's valued, uh, Daniel X net worth is valued at $4 billion. Uh, They're revolting because he's the guy it's like he's this overlord the oppressor telling artists who are you know uh scraping by on how to make art and how to run their business and yeah that sucks like he's not the person that should be saying this um and of course that spotify is valued at 27 billion dollars and you know artists are making less than half a penny per stream and so it's like the, the reason that everyone was revolting against him is because he's the one saying it. Now, all those quotes that I just read, um, except for the last one, you know, they're. Um, I, I'm thinking about, you know, Jack Garrett specifically, where he's talking about, um, I took all the time I needed to make my second album, and my job is not an influencer, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm a musician, and I tour, and I need to spend time writing and recording. I get that, I'm an artist. I write and record, I need to spend that time as well. But the thing is, it's like it's not that Daniel Ek or anyone is saying uh is is like saying telling you to change the way that you create your art. It's not about that. It's about the release strategy. And you don't just drop an album like you used to. We're in a singles nation now. We are, we are, people are expecting. Regular content on a regular basis—that's just how it is. And if you don't deliver regular content, then you're going to lose your fans. And here's the thing: it's like Spotify absolutely does reward artists who release music regularly. So sure, you might take a year or two to uh, write, you know, or to, to create an album that you're proud of. To create, let's let's not call it an album anymore, because what is even an album anymore? To create. Fifteen songs that you're proud of. Maybe you write a hundred songs, and you know you work on them, and you come, and then you you actually record fifteen of them, and maybe you know you want to release twelve of them or whatever. Sure, it might take you a year or two to do that. That's fine. Um, and then you have those fifteen songs, and you release one every six weeks for the next year and a half. All the while, you can be making more music in the time. Other people are making, you know. We, a lot of people are making music in their bedrooms these days. Billie Eilish and Phineas made their record, their music at home in their bedroom. Like you don't need a major recording studio anymore. The the whole model has changed. Whereas before, yeah, you had to get hundreds of thousands of dollars from the record labels to go into a studio and book studio time and record the tape. And it was a very expensive process. Now, you just need to have a laptop and some decent mics and, you know, master a DAW like Logic or Ableton or something like that. And you can make a top 10 pop record. That happens all the time now. So the issue is, is that people are just pissed off that uh, Daniel Eck was the one to say this, even though he's not wrong. And yeah, I don't agree that he should be the one saying this either. And... Uh, I think, but what his actual message was was very misconstrued. I read you the full quote at the top for a reason, because after I read the quote, you're like, wow, that doesn't sound that bad. That sounds actually, yeah, exactly like I've been hearing from literally everyone in the music industry for the last five years. It's just nobody wants to hear this billionaire who's basically controlling how their art is consumed by the public uh, and who's, you know, dictating how they're getting paid no one wants to hear them dictate how they should be making their art. Now, I want to go a little bit deeper into the model of streaming and Spotify specifically and then just release strategy. Years ago, 15, 20 years ago, if you looked at the number of artists who were making the um, making a living on recorded music a year, we're talking, uh, it's estimated about 30,000 artists were making a living about twenty years ago and before, um, a living making music. Now, Daniel Eck said that there are forty three thousand artists that make up their, his quote top tier, which means that um, you know ninety, I think, is ninety percent of the music that is consumed on Spotify is uh, is created by forty three thousand artists. Okay, well, there's millions of artists on Spotify, so yes, the other 10% is by the, the millions of artists, but that, that makes perfect sense. You know, there's a lot of shit on Spotify, and you know, there's a lot of shitty bands out there. I'm sure most of the bands in your local market that you go see live and that you listen to, they're not that good. It's fine. I understand. Um, you know, there's 40,000 new songs that are uploaded to Spotify every single day, 40,000 new songs. The vast majority of them are not good. So... That's fine. But here's a really interesting number. 43,000 artists, over 43,000 artists are making a living just from Spotify, just from streaming revenue. Now, that's a big deal. So, of course, those 43,000 artists aren't really speaking out right now um, about it necessarily, but it's that's a really big deal. And the fact that there are more artists making a living from recorded music these days than 20 years ago is a really big deal. And we are seeing this democratization it's of, of music. It's no longer the label saying what, who is deemed uh relevant or important enough or worthy to uh have a music career. It is um now the public. But also, yes, Spotify. And, and, and I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. I've gotten zero love from Spotify playlists or really their algorithms. That model, yeah, it pisses me off. It sucks that like I see, you know, some songs getting thrown on top playlists and boom, they're getting millions of streams. And it's like I'm working my ass off over here, and I'm not getting thrown on these playlists. And it's like it—it it drives me crazy that there are just a few people at, at Spotify who can literally control whether an artist starves or whether they feast. And it's—it's it's, a lot of it has to do with uh, how the connections that you have with Spotify, and and uh, you know if you're getting written up in in hit blogs. Uh, there's a lot of luck that has to go into it. It's when you submit to the back end, uh, to the editorial um, Spotify for Artists in the back end, you submit your song, you know, at least four weeks in advance. If they're even going to get to it, uh, sometimes they do, most of the times they don't. Um, so, yeah, but that's that's a game. That's a Spotify streaming game. And if you want to play that game, if you want to be focusing your efforts there, it's a game. And it's always been this model. It's always been a game. Uh, you know, I highlight Lucidius, this hip hop artist Lucidius, um, often that we have an R.E. Stake Academy course um, teaching people how to be successful on streaming services without playlists, because that because like the playlist in game sucks. It's really challenging. And Lucidius, he has over a half a million monthly listeners. He's got he's he's getting five million streams a month. He's making over twenty thousand dollars every single month, and he's on no. Spotify editorial playlist, he's never been on a Spotify editorial playlist, he's never been on a label. So it is possible, you can do it, there are other ways to do it. Now, you know, I have talked to some other artists, uh, who have a very solid and consistent fan base. And they will tell you this, like, you know, I've had this this solid and consistent fan base. And every year, I'm making less money from Spotify, even though I'm getting the same number of streams. That is true. The streaming, uh, the cost per stream, the average cost per stream has gone down year after year after year. Now, Spotify would argue that it's not about the cost per stream that you should be looking at. It should be the overall money that you're making. So sure, one stream used to be uh, just over a half a penny average you know, at at its peak, they were saying it was almost at like $0.008. So like, you know, almost a penny per stream. Now it's like $0.004. So under half a penny per stream. They're not going to deny that. But what they'll say is that like, yeah, okay, that, that is true. However, there's so many more people on Spotify and there's so much more money coming in that whereas before, wouldn't you rather get... 10 streams at a half a penny, then one stream at a full penny? And you think about it, it's like, oh, well, then yes, of course, because in the end, 10 streams at a half a penny gives me five pennies, whereas one stream at one penny gives me one penny. And yes, of course, I'll take the scenario where I make more money. But the reality is, is not everyone is seeing more streams just because there's more people on Spotify. And and the thing is, it's like if you have a really niche audience and you're not on any playlists, um, you know, you might if you if you have a solid twenty thousand fans, and your fans base is not growing, you have twenty thousand fans. Uh, if you are getting that that all twenty thousand fans are listening to you ten times. Every year, probably more than that. Let's let's give them. Let's say they're each listening to you a hundred times every year. So twenty thousand fans listen to you a hundred times every year, listening to you at least you know you a hundred times. That's fine. Yeah, might listen. Um, you're looking at uh, two million streams a year from your core core fan base. Now, sounds like a lot. Uh, it's not. You know, that's about. Four thousand dollars, or eight—I should say—eight thousand uh, dollars a year. That's definitely n- nowhere near living on. That's um, not a livable amount of money. And when you think about, like, well, twenty thousand fans—that's a lot of people. I mean, shit. Like, shouldn't I be making more money? It's like, okay. That's what you have to think about. Well, Spotify and streaming is not the only way to make money. In music and that's why you have to diversify your revenue stream and like there's so many more ways to make money doing music these days than just from your recorded music like Spotify streaming gets your fan in the door they say you want a thousand true fans which means if you can find a thousand people who love you enough to pay you a hundred dollars a year a hundred thousand dollars salary a year you're set for life now I, I take that and it's like, okay, sure, you can get a thousand people at hundred dollars, or you can also get five hundred people at two hundred dollars, or you know, hundred people at five hundred plus two hundred people at hundred. You can you can break that up scenario up any way you can cut it, slice it any way you'd like, and it'll work out. But basically, you're looking at it's like, how can you make hundred thousand dollars a year? And if you have fans, you can monetize those fans if they're real fans. You don't need to just look at your money coming from Spotify. Real quick, I want to let you know about 2Lost. 2Lost is a new distribution company to the space. And let me tell you, I am very impressed with them. I, I got a full deep dive demo with the founder. And yeah, they're very innovative. And when you come into the distribution space at this stage with how crowded it is, you better be innovative and they are. Yes, they will get your music out to Spotify, Apple Music, all the places, plus 450 other outlets around the world. They do not take a commission. This is why 300,000 artists and labels have already used them. They've already distributed 7 million songs. They offer payment splitting, and they don't charge your collaborators for this service for the payment splitting. They will just pay your collaborators directly for free. They have publishing administration with... BMG. So, you know, it's legit. A lot of distributors have have fallen into trouble with using some other uh, less than legit pub admin services. Well, two losses partnered with BMG. You know, it's legit. They offer instant royalty advances. Uh, This is something that's very cool. And if you have historical streaming data and you need just a bulk payment up front, they can see how much your music has earned in the past. I'm like, all right, we think we know what you're going to earn in the next three years. Here's a check for 100 grand or whatever it will be. And you can just click a button and get that distributed and um, into your account immediately. They do lyrics and credits distribution for free. They have a very innovative analytics platform where, yes, you will see real time analytics for Spotify, Apple Music, but also Pandora. Deezer, SoundCloud, and Peloton. They're the only ones that do Peloton. Uh, They also have a service where you can search the internet wherever your music is being used. And it will just show you a chart of everywhere, every TikTok video, everywhere, every YouTube video, everywhere your music is possibly being used. I've never seen this before. That was very cool. They'll register you with SoundExchange. And they have a fraud prevention tool and they're doing fraud prevention. So if you're worried about your music, you know, getting a bot attack or something like that and getting ripped down, which we've seen is a big issue. Uh, they have fraud prevention tools that are better than most other distributors that I have seen. Check out 2Lost. You can just go to 2 use the promo code Take for three months free and try them out. Let them know what you think. Yes, there are artists that have no fans that are making a lot of money, that are making a livable wage on Spotify. That's also a scenario that never used to happen before, which is crazy. There are artists who have no fans, no real fans, but they get thrown on some hot playlist, and now they're getting millions of streams a month, making thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month, and they have no real fans. They can't draw 50 people to their shows, but they're making a living. That's happening too. That's a mind fuck. You're like, wait, is that even fair? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> is it? Who knows? Like, what are you deeming as fair? It's like, are you any more worthy? Is an artist any more worthy because they've played a thousand shows and, you know, to seven people <laughs> and have like earned their thousand true fans, like literally by playing to every single one of them and going from seven fans at a show to 15 fans at a show to 50 fans at a show? A lot of us would be like, yes, they're more worthy than the ones that record music and from their bedroom, play zero shows, and then throw their music up on Spotify, get thrown onto a hot playlist. Fuck those guys. They don't deserve it. Why not? They, I mean, you know, it's the same thing as saying before when a label saw an artist like 20, 30 years ago and was like, oh, they are super talented. Let me sign them. Here's a million bucks. Is that fair? That's how it used to work. That's not fair either, Right. So we have to just change our, our mindset of what of what is fair and, and what is – and, like, instead of, like, bitching about all of this, I mean, this was such a distraction, I felt. It's like, who cares? Like, yes, I want to get paid more for my streams on Spotify. I think artists should get paid more. I think they I, I, the discrepancy between what what labels make and what publishers make, the master versus the composition – If you don't know what I'm talking about, read my book. (laughs) Um, No, but like record labels make five times what publishers make, meaning the master recording makes five times more than the composition. So that's why artists are making a lot more than songwriters. Record labels are making a lot more than publishers in the streaming era. But it's also in the download era and it's also in the sales era. That's just how it's always been and that's what the laws are set up and that's just how it works. That sucks. I don't think it should be that way. That's not Spotify's fault. It we worked the same on Apple Music and Tidal and everywhere else. It's literally, that's just how the model is set up. And the labels aren't going to be taking less money. I think it should be 50-50. I think that all the money that is earned from uh, streaming revenue and just your recorded revenue should be split 50-50. 50% goes to the artist, the record label, the master. And 50% goes to who wrote the song, the songwriters, publishers. That side, the publishing, 50-50. That's how it works in sync. When your song gets synced, when your song gets on a TV show for $10,000, 5,000 goes to who owns the master, typically the record label or the artist, if you don't have a label, and then 5,000 goes to the publisher, who wrote the song, or if you don't have a publisher, the songwriter. That's how it works in sync. That's how it should work in streaming, but this is, uh, I digress. (laughs) This is um, a totally other conversation, a totally other battle, but there's a lot of injustices that are in the industry, and and you know, I want to I break down the, the Spotify model um, a little bit, because I don't think people quite really understand how the Spotify payment system works, right or wrong, this is how it works, and, and let's, just, let's just work to understand it first. So okay, let's just work with small numbers that we can all comprehend and understand. Spotify brings in $100, let's just say. It brings in $100. There's 10 total streams on Spotify. Spotify pays out 70% of its money. It does. So that means it's going to pay out to the rights holders, to the artists, labels, publishers, whomever, they own the rights to that, those streams, $70. Are you still with me on your math? Spotify brought in $100 in revenue. So brought in $100 from like subscriptions, from ad revenue, whatever. And they pay out $70. They pay out 70%. So remember, I said there's ten total streams on Spotify. So each stream is earns seven dollars. Do you follow that math? Ten streams, seventy dollars that are paid out. So each stream is worth seven dollars. Okay, that's obviously not how it really works, but I'm just I'm just highlighting big numbers right now or small numbers, however you want to look at them. So you understand. All right, so let's let's keep going down this road. So. Let's say that there's not 10 streams on Spotify. Let's say there's 100 streams on Spotify. Total streams, okay? Let's say Spotify still just brings in $100. And Spotify still pays out 70% of that. So they're still paying out 70 bucks. But now instead of 10 total streams, there's 100 streams. So now each stream isn't getting $7. Each stream is is only 7 cents. You see how this is working? Spotify is always paying out 70% of its money. Now if there are more streams because there are more artists uploading music, there are just more streams, there's more users, there's more all of that, each stream is going to be valued less and less if the revenue that they bring in doesn't keep up with it. So that's why year over year, the price per stream has gone down, the cost per stream has gone down, what they're paying artists per stream has gone down. Now it's an average, of course, and it depends on, you know, is that stream from a, uh, a user who's paying a premium plan that stream is worth more. So if I'm on the Spotify premium plan at $10 a month in the United States and I listen to a song, that stream might be worth actually .007, over half a penny. But if somebody uh, is on the free plan in India and that stream might be worth .001 because it's ad supported, and there's it's just not worth that as much. Or if or if someone's in the free plan in the United States, it might be worth .003 or something like that. So each stream is worth. But we're talking average streams. So do you understand that if there are more artists, there's more streams. If the ro- revenue that Spotify is bringing in doesn't actually keep up with that, um, that growth, then the cost per stream is going to go down. And that's why I was saying before. Spotify will argue, well, there's more users, so instead of, you, wouldn't you rather have five streams at a half a penny versus one stream at one penny? So now that we're all on the same page of, like, how the money from, from streaming actually works, is that right? Uh, no, I mean, because there, there's an argument here that's also been, well, okay, let's say there's 10 listeners on Spotify, and... Each listener pays ten dollars, and let's say, let's say, listener number one uh, listens to one hundred percent Ari Herstand music for the uh, for this month. Now, some would argue that Ari Herstand should get the full ten dollars, or seventy percent of the full ten dollars of listener number one. And let's say because they paid ten dollars a subscription. They only listen to Ari Hurstan music. So Ari Hurstan should get all of that listener's money. That's not how it works. But that seems fair. It's like, yeah, okay. Why isn't it split up? Why isn't it why? If you buy an Ari Hurstan CD, Ari Hurstan makes that money from the CD sale. But that's not how streaming works. How it works, just like how royalties work at like the PROs at ASCAP, BMI, SESAC, SOCAN, PRS, you know. Is that there's a bunch of money that comes in from all different areas, all different avenues. Like with streaming, it's a bunch of money coming in from from, um, subscriptions, from advertisements. And then that money is split um, in proportion to how many streams you got as an artist. When you're thinking that there are millions of artists on the service and billions and billions of streams... You're now taking. It's like okay. Well, I earned uh, a million streams this month, but Taylor Swift made got a uh, hundred million, probably <laughs> more than that. She hundred million streams this month. So I'm gonna make one hundredth of what Taylor Swift made this month, because you think of the full pot of money, and it's split on in proportion. Regardless, so so i you know, regardless if if uh certain art uh, certain listeners spent all of their subscription money listening to just my music and none of Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift is still getting a slice of that listener's subscription revenue, as I'm still getting a slice of the subscription revenue from someone who listened to Taylor Swift and didn't listen to me. That's how the model works, right or wrong. Speaking of which, Taylor Swift's new album, folklore. Uh, broke all records, mind you, with streaming. She's the first time in the history of the music industry uh, that an artist reached number one on the Hot 100 the same day she reached number one on Billboard 200 as well. The Hot 100 is on singles. The the 200 is on albums. And, uh, the billboard 200 versus the billboard hot 100 and all 16 of her songs cracked the billboard hot 100. That's never happened before. All right. The big takeaway is you want to play the streaming game. We're in an era of Spotify right now. Uh, so this is how Spotify works. All right. Yes. Artists get lucky and get thrown on playlists all the time. There are methods you can use to increase your chances that you're going to get on playlists. There are articles, I've written articles about how to do this. You can get on user-generated playlists. I have a whole lesson, a whole course on how to do that. Uh, a lot of people do. Uh, you can, there, there are ways to learn on how to do this, to play the Spotify game. This is the Spotify game. There's always a game to play. It's just artists are pissed off right now that they have to learn how to play this. It's like, okay, back in the day, artists wanted freedom from labels, they were screaming, "If only I could be free from my labels, you know. I need the, I need the autonomy. I need the freedom." Okay, okay. Now we are free from labels. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> so now, all the work that labels used to do—yes, they used to own your entire fucking life and firstborn, and uh, came with a lot of restrictions. But they also did a lot for you, and, and labels still do a lot for artists, and they can handle a lot. But yeah, they take eighty-five percent of your money. They own all of your music in perpetuity. No matter how much money you make, they're still going to own it forever. Um, These are trade-offs. You have full freedom. You make 100% of your money. Well, now you're going to have to do 100% of your work. So put in the work or find people to help you do the work. You don't have to work with labels. It's not either – we're in such a a flexible landscape right now. It's not just should I sign to a label – or should i do it completely diy nobody does it on their own i've never done it all by myself you bring people on your team friends family who can help hey i'm i'm you know uh, I'm not really good at email list management. Uh, you know, can you help me set this up? And can you send this out? I'm not really good at graphic design. Can you help me make this sh- show poster? I'm, it's like, hey, I'm not really good at video editing, but I want to make this video. Like, can you help me edit this video and do th- Like, you just need this help. As you think about it, it doesn't need to be a formalized, like, graphics department or a video editing department, or it doesn't need to be that formalized. But you can still, this is what the new team looks like. This is what um, you know. You can do now owning 100% of your rights in your music. You can bring people onto your team. So um, if you want to be successful on Spotify, you're going to have to play the Spotify game. If you wanted to be successful on radio, you had to play the radio game. This is why you know back in the 70s, the radio promoters would show up at the radio stations with a fucking envelope full of cash. That's how you played the radio game. Was that right? No, but whatever. That was the game. And uh, before Payola was illegal and then still since Payola. So like you want to be successful on these services, you're going to have to play the game. And there's ways to play the game. And you learn how to work the algorithm. And uh, this algorithm, yeah, there's a lot of articles out there, a lot of courses, a lot of teachings, a lot of interviews with people at Spotify saying how to work that algorithm. You want to play the Spotify game, you can. Now, do you have to? No. You don't have to play the Spotify game. Believe me, it fucking sucks that you spend your time, passion, energy, money, blood, sweat, tears, making an album, making a song. A song that could be from the darkest parts of your life. And you have to relive that by going to the studio and recording and you're putting this this breathtaking, heartbreaking piece of art out into the world. Extremely brave to do that. For it to get 217 streams on Spotify in the first week and now you're fucking crushed. Because you're like, well, nobody likes it. Nobody cares. My music sucks. God, why did I do that? I went through hell to put this on. Nobody cares. Well, okay. I hate that that's the era we're in right now where artists are – their self-worth is being placed in these arbitrary vanity metrics and these numbers that don't mean shit. 217 streams? That's 217 human beings. 217 humans took the time to listen to your song and it might have resonated with you. And even, you know, check your DMs. Maybe they message you saying you just changed their life. You changed somebody's life. But the fact that you didn't get a million streams is a disappointment? That's the era we're in right now? That sucks. I hate that. Don't stress so much about fucking numbers that don't mean anything. This is an arbitrary board. This like jury out there that's judging you, that you, you think they're judging you. There's not. Just move forward. Make meaningful, authentic, beautiful art that you can stand by and stand behind. And work to affect people's lives and work to get your thousand true fans. There are ways to monetize. It's not just Spotify. It's not just these numbers on Spotify. That's why we have patronage services out there, subscription services like Patreon and Bandcamp. For the artists out there that want to tour, once touring is back, <laughs> you can tour, you can play shows, you can sell merch, you can live stream. There's a lot of ways to monetize your fan base and make and, and, and give your fans an opportunity to support your art. It doesn't have to just be about Spotify We don't need to collectively sweat and stress and lament Spotify's low payments. We can all agree that it sucks that this is the the revenue model that everybody has to focus on to place this, this arbitrary value onto their art. But that's the reality. And if you want to play that game... This is how you're going to have to play the game. You can't just put out a song or an album every three to four years. You have to keep your fans engaged. And you want to play that Spotify game? You don't have to. But if you want to, they're saying, we're going to reward you if you release more music more frequently. Release a song every six weeks. You can do that. Even if you only record music every two years, you can still release a song every six weeks. Do that math. If you want to play the Spotify game, I'm not going to tell you how to, how to make your art, how to release your art. But this is the era that we're in right now. Just because the major labels are doing it a certain way, just because the biggest superstars in the world are doing it a certain way, you don't have to do it that way. You actually shouldn't do it that way. Don't look to Taylor Swift on how your release strategy should work. She has hundreds of millions of fans. Do you? Then don't structure how you run your career the same way she structures her, how she runs her career. Spotify's a business. It's to their benefit, if they get more music more frequently, that's how to increase their business model. You don't work for Spotify. You don't have to follow what their business model dictates. You can, if it's important to you to be successful on Spotify, but that's not the only, that's not the the only way to be successful in music. Keep making art that's true to you. And remember, nobody can tell you what success looks like but you. And once again, quick shout-out to my partner, Bandzoogle. You can design any website on Bandzoogle, get 15% off, and a 30-day free trial by using the code Ari. That's Banzoogle.com. Use the promo code Ari. Aight.